You know, you've probably seen those commercials uh, for the people who get a Lexus for Christmas. I've always thought that was crazy. But, hey, maybe you're getting a house for Christmas. Uh, And if you are, hopefully whoever bought that for you went down to Chevalier Mortgage, where Mike and Virginia Chevalier can get you set up with the right mortgage for your situation. Mike and Virginia are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they've supported DNVR for a long time. And you can call them at 303-257-6578. Or visit dnvrmortgage.com to find out all they have to offer. With your home being one of your uh, largest assets and your mortgage being one of your largest debts, Mike and Virginia will ensure that you get the best loan for your situation. So visit dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. But most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. DNVR! Two goes up to Zagme, Sarke, and the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Number four, we're still waiting for. Bring on the chase. Out on the field, a mile high. Broncos win, it's our desire. Couple with a breakfast crew and a friendly don't and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us at the end. We are, we are the end. We are. Ah, yes, and it is a Hawaiian shirt Wednesday on the DNVR Broncos pod. Last pod of the week as we take a little Christmas break after this one. We appreciate you guys for uh, understanding that. It's rare. Um, in the history of the DNVR Broncos podcast to have two straight <laughs> weekdays off. But you know what? I think we've earned it. Uh, so welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. Of course, presented by MSU Denver Online. MSUDenver.edu slash online is where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. 45-plus hybrid programs and, of course, 750 uh, total classes over at MSU Denver. Rigorous and affordable programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. They do a great job over at MSU Denver. And spring classes are starting in early January, so make sure you get applied and get enrolled today. That's msudenver.eu slash online. My boys, what's up? Happy Wacky Wednesday. We got these wacky shirts. Mace, you're looking festive. Ryan, you're looking like a tall glass of strawberry sky. And man, I'm ready to talk some holiday fun with you guys. Yes, of course. Uh, Christmas right around the corner. So we thought, why not uh, change it up a little bit today and talk about what the Denver Broncos should be asking for for Christmas. What do the Broncos want under the tree? And, you know, you can get creative with this and and uh, maybe spread it around a little bit because I think there's one pretty obvious answer. So, uh, Mace, we'll start with you. You can start with the obvious if you would prefer. I, I can start with the obvious, but maybe my answer isn't so obvious. I, I'm saying you want clarity at the quarterback position. And, unfortunately, Unless there's a trade for Matthew Stafford, if he's available, 
clarity is not something that I think the Broncos are going to get at least throughout this offseason. We're going to be talking about it for the next six months at least. Uh, what happens at quarterback, what they think of Drew Locke, what sort of hedge, if it were, are they doing? I'm sure we'll even talk about draft quarterbacks because even though I think that is highly unlikely in the first round, it's not something that you can completely take off the table at this point. So, yeah, this is one of those things like where my dad every year would tell me to tell Santa when I went up and sat on his lap to wish for world peace. It's not coming, but I can wish for it. My wish for the Broncos is clarity at quarterback, and unfortunately I don't think the next two games are going to provide that. Oh, boy. (laughs) You're hoping for something you don't think you're going to get. Well, I don't uh, stop hoping, though. I mean, that's the thing. You got to have hope, right? I'm going to go a step further here and get the obvious, but kind of like you said, when I was, oh boy, I think I was in seventh grade. I think I was in seventh grade. And I asked my parents for, or I asked Santa, I don't remember who I asked. Uh, I, I think it was my parents. I asked my parents for a phone and an iPod. And that was just crazy. You know, I knew I wasn't going to get them, but I, I, I just threw it out there hoping that they would deliver on one of them. And, uh, you know, I joked with my dad two days before Christmas and, and said, you know, I, I think I'm getting both that. And, and he shot it down. And I was like, oh, my gosh. OK, OK, I'm not getting both. I shouldn't be too greedy. And turns out I got them both on that Christmas. Best Christmas wow. ever. Uh, and so I'm going to I'm going to wish for that, Mace, you know, and not just say clarity at quarterback. I'm going to I'm going to hope and, and ask Santa for Drew Locke to be the guy and to come out these last two games and throw seven total touchdowns, no interceptions, 66% completion, and what, 600 yards combined in these games and just have so much momentum going into next year. Because we saw the flash last year against Houston. We saw the flash this year against Carolina. What we haven't seen is two huge flashes in a row. So, man, if he does that, it's going to be a Merry Christmas for everyone heading into 2021. Well, one thing that would make it a Merry Christmas, Zach, is if what you're saying comes true and he plays brilliantly with seven touchdowns over two games, no picks, completing two-thirds of his passes, he will have done that against his own defenses. And that is something that is has been troublesome for him. There's a pretty clear gap between what he does in zone and what he does against man for the most part. And so if he if he does play like that, even against the Raiders having nothing left, he will on the back end, he will have accomplished something if he pulls that off. Yeah, it, it will be a big accomplishment. And Mace, on top of that, that he'll sweep Justin Herbert this year. And so that'll be some momentum. I know people who like quarterback wins will be all over that. I'm not sure you'll be all over that. Uh, and then, you know, you won't get swept by the Raiders as well because, Mace, I don't think Drew Locke's going to go out, throw seven touchdowns, no picks, and lose either of these games unless Justin Herbert does something crazy. I think the Broncos are going 2-0 and in those games. And what did we say? It's okay to win these final games if Drew Locke is the guy and it's on Drew Locke's shoulders. And, boy, seven touchdowns and no picks would certainly be on his shoulders. And the thing is, Zach, with – what the Broncos have left at cornerback and the quarterbacks in the passing games that they're going to face here in these two games for the Broncos to win. You might need that sort of borderline audacious stat line from drew lock in these games, because I think frankly, you're going to need at least 
bare minimum 30 points to win this game, these games, probably 35. Yeah, I think so too. Welcome back, Mr. Strawberry Sky. Hey. Uh, sorry about that, guys. Had some uh, audio issues there. Couldn't hear you. Um, but I'm sure what you said was profound uh, and life-changing. <laughs> of course, that's, that's all we do here, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, so I heard, Mace, you were covering uh, clarity at quarterback. Zach, what did you uh, wish for for the Broncos? Oh, I just said that Drew Locke is absolutely the guy. I went for the whole shebang there. And, you know, Ryan, I said – have him prove it in grand fashion. Seven touchdowns, no picks, 300 yards per game, and 66% completion. Well, that will absolutely do it. That is, uh, that's mm-hmm. asking for the uh, the Xbox Series X and the PS5. <laughs> exactly. Uh, which, you know what, I respect. Uh, I, I feel a little bad for your parents. Um, but, you know, uh, you, you know, you, you, you hope for the best, and then you take what you get after that. Um, for me, I will go down a different road. I'll say the Broncos uh, should be wishing for all of the young players to come together here at the end of the season. You know, you haven't had a game yet where all of the young guys have shined. You haven't had the game where Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler both went off. You haven't had the game where you know uh where Drew Locke and those guys click all at the same time. You haven't had the game where Noah Fant got involved with those guys at the same time. So, staying on the offensive side of the ball, I want two games where the offense looks explosive uh behind the horses that are those young players. Um and, and really specifically I want Jerry Judy to be the Rudolph of this sleigh uh and you know I want to see him show us what he can be. You know, we've gotten a lot of uh, minor, I guess, micro flashes is the word I'm looking for, where you see him run a route like we saw him do in college or even in some of the, you know, just off to the side tapes. And and you get excited about that. But you haven't seen him have that, you know, seven catch, hundred yard game where you're just saying, my goodness, when you match this with Cortland Sutton next year, it's going to be something special. So uh, that that's my wish uh, is for Jerry Judy and the young offensive playmakers to have a couple breakout games here. Yeah, Jerry Judy for me was going to be a stocking stuffer, but that would mm-hmm. certainly be a big one because, man, we haven't seen him in the past three games. This does not include the New Orleans game. He has four catches. You want to put the New Orleans game in there? Well, he has four catches in the past four games. That's uh, you know, unacceptable. And and it's not just all on Jerry, Judy. It's on everyone. He He's your first round pick. He's, you know, a once in a generation type of talent in terms of his ability to get open with his route running skills. And the Broncos just haven't used him. So I really would like to see that. So can we go into some stocking stuffers? Because I, I, I'm excited for, for this next one. Before we do that, we've got some uh, comments here. Bronco Tiz saying go Broncos. Drake here, Aloha Wednesday. Our guy, Patrick Smythe, in the comments. Great shirts and analysis. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Thanks, Patrick. Right back at you. Uh, And then Liam here talking about uh, Drew Locke improving his footwork a little bit, which that was something that I went back and forth with some people on Twitter yesterday about. You know, a lot of people saying his footwork still hasn't improved over 16 games. I think it has. Uh, Now, 
the difference is it's not perfect. And especially in tough situations, he, re- he reverts back, which that's a problem. But, you know, on a game-to-game basis, I think, uh, you know, I was talking about this yesterday with our friends over at Altitude Radio. And, you know, uh, I told them it's not – it doesn't look like this, any progression. It looks like this. But in the end, what you want to see is, is the stock trending up or is the stock trending down? With Drew as a whole, and just Drew as a, in terms of his footwork, I think it's all starting to trend up. Not as sharp as maybe most of us would like to see, but it is trending up. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I, think yeah. My, I think my guy Liam hit, hit it on the head. Uh, with he, he has been better in the puck, but you still do see uh, you know a lot of throws where he's throwing off his back foot. And some of those are you're going to see throughout a, a player's career, but you just want them to be in situations where that's the only thing he can do, not where he has a clean pocket and then he's throwing off his back foot. I think with everything with Drew Locke also, footwork and just how he's doing, you you want him to be two steps forward, one step back, because I think that's your trend line, RK, where you talk about it generally going up. Uh, I think the, the problem and the concern I still have is that just you look at, say, the Buffalo game, for example, I think we're still seeing kind of, one step forward and one step back in a lot of these games. And that's only keeping him in status quo in the end. Some if uh, even and it's, he's not getting, he's not getting worse. And I think earlier in the season, we're talking about him regressing, regressing, pardon me. He stopped the regression, but I don't know that he's yet moving forward as often as, as they need him to. And that's what that thing that goes back to sort of what Zach wished for in the next couple of games, actually going two steps forward and one step back rather than one and one. Yeah. You know, you'd like to just see these, these next two games uh, be definite upward trends. You know, you might not get what Zach was asking for, <laughs> but you know, if you just get two very solid performances, I think you'll feel a lot better. And if you don't, uh, then the debate is going to get even spicier as we go into the off season. All right. Uh, we also have stocking stuffers. Now, these, uh, Zach, you cannot fit a PS5 into a stocking. So you're going to have to uh, lower your expectations for what's in your stocking stuffer. What do you got? Real quick, what do you guys normally get in your stockings? Oh, man. Stocking for me is, uh, you know, just some candy. So, I mean, it, it's, I, I'm going to ask for a little more in this stocking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I usually get some stockings, socks. Uh, hmm. And then, yeah, some some candy or maybe like if you're lucky, you might get a gift card in there, you know, it'll throw you off a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it, it's the small things. Yeah, there's all it seems like there's always like a Starbucks card or something in, in my stocking. And then there's candy and then sometimes little like little things I could use like a, you know, like a little battery that uh, that you can charge your iPhone with. Like if you're if you if you don't have the ability to, to plug in to an electrical outlet, that that sort of thing There's always there's always like a little trinket that's it, that's in my stocking. All right. So- so Zach, go ahead. This one's the Starbucks gift card for me, guys. You know, the best thing of the bunch. And I'm going to go with Lloyd Cushenberry continuing his upward trend, but really kind of proven that he's the guy for next year because it wouldn't just be solving the center issue uh, that, that the Broncos ha- have been a little uncertain about over the past couple of years. But what it would do is it would solidify the offensive line for next year. You would know you're, you're starting five unless you want to mess with right tackle. But, I mean, right now, Juwan James is your starting right tackle. Then you would know, have that solidified. And then maybe you're just 
bringing in depth in the offseason or you even have the depth on your team, that would be huge to not have any question marks along the offensive line this offseason. I'd say very similar to you. I'm going with a rookie. I'm going with another third-round rookie. That's Michael Ojemudia over on the other side. I want to see him rebound both emotionally and in play from his game last Saturday. Look, there's a decent chance that for salary cap reasons of creating space for Justin Simmons, that the Broncos are going to have to part ways with A.J. Boye. I'm sure they'll bring Bryce Callahan back and – they need OJ Mudia to be enough to where you have confidence in him handling one of those top three cornerback roles and, and preferably starting next year. And I think the next two games could go a long way toward revealing that and at least saying that, all right, he might be looking for another cornerback in that room if you let go of Boye, but at least you know that OJ Mudia can start for you. Well, uh, I like the trend that you guys have started, so I'll stick along the same lines. Uh, I'm asking for something small, I, except it's very large. Um, I want Natani Muti to just play over the next two games. Um, you know, I have, it's a very small request for a very large man. Um, I just I want to see more of him. Like I got this little little taste uh, of what Natani Muti could be for the Denver Broncos. Uh, and, and then it went away. So I want more of that. I want to be able to talk about, you know, that's that's another one. Like, if that's all we get of Natani Muti is that one dominant game, uh, it's going to be like we could do seven shows in the offseason about what Natani Muti could be. Uh, I want a little more, a little more um, concrete film on Natani Muti so I can either say, hey, you know, the Panthers game, just like it was for Drew Locke, was a bit of an outlier. Um, you know, he, he's not ready to be that dominant all the time. Or we can say, look, you got to start looking for trade partners for Graham Glasgow that'll take that contract because you've got a better one here that costs, you know, a, a fraction of that. Yeah, I really thought Muti was going to play at least some uh, on Sunday, little disappointed on Saturday. Very disappointed that he didn't get at least some. So I would really like to see the Broncos go full evaluation these next two games now that they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. That's what these last two games should be about. Yeah, and that's kind of what they did uh, with Elijah Wilkinson, right? Yeah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I guess you, you could live in a world where he took that job back from DeMar Dotson in practice. Um, I'm more of the belief that they said, hey, you know, let's let's – we were really confident in Elijah at the beginning of the year. So let's see if we can recapture some of that and rather, you know, whether we want him to be a part of what we're doing going forward. Yeah. Cause like with DeMar Dotson, it's not that he didn't deserve to be starting. It's, it's all about knowing that he's not a part of the future unless Jawan James has a, an injury by May and Dotson is very likely to still be on the market when you get into May and June, kind of like he was this past year. And then if you lose Juwan James, you pick up the phone call DeMar and say, hey, you want to come back and play another year for, say, three, three and a half million dollars. That that's why I think you get a look at Elijah Wilkinson, because if you if you if you, you don't have a plan where you're re-signing DeMar Dotson in March, but you could conceivably have a plan where you're re-signing Elijah Wilkinson in March to be your swing backup tackle. Any chance of a offensive line shakeup here at the end uh, of the of the season? You know, trying out some of the experiments that we've thrown out during uh, during the season. 
I think uh, no, not not in terms of like Dalton Reisner moving to right tackle sort of thing. I don't think we see that. I just I'm just hoping that we see Muti. So I would love that in my stocking, Ryan. All right, perfect. All right, and this last well, and oh, also beyond Muti, I'd like to see Calvin Anderson get some get some reps as well. I'd like to see I'd like to see the Broncos give Anderson a few series at right tackle the rest of the way. Again, because if Calvin Anderson who played for Bowles at left tackle back in Carolina. If he proves he can be your swing guy, then you don't need to re-sign Wilkinson. You can have Calvin Anderson on a first contract at probably a more affordable number than you would get for Elijah Wilkinson, who I expect would probably be in the three, three and a half million dollar range as a swing backup. I wonder if that's going to happen. I, I, I have a hard time seeing it, to be honest, but uh, I guess we'll see. They love Elijah Wilkinson, so I, I don't know if he'll be coming off the field. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the last one here uh, was nominated, of course, by Mace. That won't surprise anyone. Mace, why don't you uh, tee it up for us? Explain to those who maybe aren't as familiar. Well, today is Festivus. If you're a Seinfeld fan, you're familiar with it, and probably if you're not a Seinfeld fan now, you, you know what it is because it's entered the, the general zeitgeist. And one of the things in Festivus is that a Festivus dinner, Frank Costanza implores everyone around there to, to air their grievances. And you got problems with your people. Now you're going to hear about it. You tell, you sit down and you tell everyone all the ways they disappointed you over the previous year. And I don't think we have time to get into <laughs> all the ways the Broncos have disappointed in this year, but we can air a couple of grievances today. All right. Well, Mace, why don't you lead us off? Okay. Oh man. The, my first grievance, and this is going to be a little bit of the old man yelling at the cloud. My first grievance is with whatever twist of fate, whatever bad juju the Broncos had to bring this waterfall of injuries upon them that effectively made it impossible for them to ever field anything resembling their intended roster starting right starting right from the get-go um you know I'm not even gonna say Jawan James he he opted out but starting right from a few days before the regular season opener and Von Miller getting hurt and then you get into the season opener. AJ Boye gets hurt right, right there in the in the first half of the game. It just it snowballed in a way that I have never seen in my years covering this team. This this was this was the worst year in terms of injuries. And you know, as we've as we've seen over the course of the year, this team was close enough to where if they had a few of those guys back, the outcome maybe it wouldn't have been enough for the playoffs, but they'd be in the conversation today. We'll probably be doing a podcast tomorrow because we'll be talking about a team that had a chance at the postseason. Yeah, yeah, that's been that's been frustrating. Another thing that's been frustrating is the consistent inconsistencies of this team everywhere: special teams, offense, defense. We can go to yeah. every player pretty much. I mean, there's only been a few players that have been very consistent this season, uh, and just the also the identity of this team. You know, one week it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is a, a ground and pound team. And then the other week, they're dropping back and throwing 50 passes. One week, they're winning in close games. The next week, they're getting absolutely blown out. I mean, uh, w- one week, the defense looks elite, looks like the best defense in the NFL. The next week, they're giving up you know, 41 points to the Buffalo Bills on their back. 
and you just have no idea what this team is week in, week out. And it makes us look silly because we're saying, okay, Broncos are going to fight hard in this game and they get blown out. We're saying, oh, Broncos are going to lose and they, you know, almost beat the Chiefs. So it's, uh, it, th- that's just been so tough because it's been quite the roller coaster they've sent us on this year. Yeah, inconsistency has to be one of the most frustrating things. You know, uh, I always tie it back to golf. If you know that you hit, if you hit a slice every time you stand up on the tee, well, you could just aim left uh, and work it back towards the fairway. And my whole life, I always did that. I always worked the ball left to right. This year, for some reason, I started doing both. And it was the worst. Because you stand up on the tee and you just don't know what's going to happen, and you're just so you're so um, unconfident in what might happen, and that's how it's been with the Broncos. Like we sit here usually on Fridays and make our game predictions, and it's like you're standing on the tee box, being like, "Well, there's a road to the left and water to the right, mm-hmm. and I-, I hope I hit it straight," you know. And and sometimes they have hit it straight, and they and then they've pulled it and they've pushed it and they've done it all. So that's a good one, Zach. Um, Grievance, I believe, is a legal term, um, and so I'm going uh, down the legal path here uh, and, and just saying the ownership situation has been disappointing to me. Um, it just uh, it feels like we're in an endless cycle of like, you know, uh, lawsuit, statement, statement, lawsuit, grievance, lawsuit, mm-hmm. statement, statement, and it's just <laughs> it, it doesn't feel doesn't feel good. I don't think it feels good for any Broncos fan uh, to watch it unfold. Uh, it just, it's clearly impacting the team, uh, you know, from a big picture standpoint. Uh, and uh, it's, it's always hanging. Like it just, it's, it is quite literally a dark cloud that's hanging over everything the Broncos do. So uh, I just, you know, if, if honestly, if I could go for a bigger present, like if I'm asking for the Lexus mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this, this season with the bow on top of it, uh, that's what I want. Just some clarity. I just want to know what's happening in the future. I want to know, can the, the rest of the kids get behind Brittany or uh, do we, or is this just, you know, a re- a ridiculous song and dance that we're doing that's going to end in them selling the team in the end anyway. Just want clarity. I, I, I want this this dark cloud to part. Yeah, I was thinking that was going to be my New Year's wish going in, and I'm sure we'll get a New Year's wishes next week. But, uh, yeah, it's it, it's fair to say that's an airing of grievances. And you know what? I, it's fair to say that there's there's to, there's some degree of illegal airing of grievances going on within that family right now at each other, trying to fit, you know, taking sides basically. And say, you know, is it, you know, where we want this thing to go? Do we want the trust to be valid? Do we want the trust to be invalidated? Of course, that's the lawsuit that's been brought up. I mean, it's just, but unfortunately, like you said, it's hanging over everything. And I think there's going to be a limit to the progress this organization can make, not just this team, this organization, as long as this is hanging out there. And unfortunately, the only way you can mask something like this is with a transcendent quarterback. And of course, you know, Pey- Peyton Manning, you know, for a few, he was there for a couple of years while Pat Bowen uh, was still in, in charge on a day-to-day basis. And then uh, Pat Bowen stepped away in 2014 before Peyton Manning's third Broncos season. So I think Peyton Manning and even kind of the, the luster that he left behind 
it masks some of the things that maybe we're starting to develop, but there's not there there's not that deodorant coming in unless you trade four first and four second to move up and get Trevor Lawrence. So basically this is something that has to be fixed if the Broncos are to move forward. And I believe it was Pro Football Talk yesterday who had the Broncos 29th in their power rankings and wrote that nothing gets settled until the ownership situation is settled. And then, you know what, that shows that this thing is beginning to be noticed on a nationwide basis. Right, absolutely. And and that's why asking for this to happen and get clarity with ownership on December 25th of this year on mm. Christmas Day. I mean, we're talking the jumbo supersize Lexus with the huge <laughs> bow on top. Uh, maybe the, the Christmas present this year is more, more of the size of a, a 2015 Toyota Corolla or still an awesome gift, but one that, you know, it, it is, you know, a couple years old. Uh, and that would be having this so we don't have to ask for this for Christmas next year. So that within the next year, and that's still even a long time. Of course, everyone wants it sooner, but maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's a big present is let's just have this figured out in a year from now. Mm-hmm. Yep, I like it. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, we got to do our DraftKings pick of the week. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, so, you know, it's the holidays. Uh, you know, probably people have been shelling out some cash for presents. Let's uh, let's deliver them a few presents, boys. Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. Yeah, and, and this one, a little Christmas present for me. Hopefully, the Alabama Crimson Tide come through. And it's, it's a, almost too late to get in on this one. But hit it right now. Alabama to win the whole thing. Minus 160. So not the best odds, but I think, you know, when it comes after they beat Notre Dame, after they mop the floor with Notre Dame, which is going to happen, that's going to be an easy win for them. Um, I'm not guaranteeing that they win the whole thing, but boy, those odds are going to be like minus 300, minus 400 once that game comes around. So get in now because what you're betting on is essentially Alabama to beat either Ohio State or Clemson, and you're getting in at minus 160 because there's there's no way they lose to Notre Dame. Yeah, I completely agree with you, but <laughs> you were so confident that I think it would be funny if it happened. Um, they're, they're the most complete team in the nation. Um, it's very obvious. Um, their defense isn't as good as it once was, but their offense is better than it ever was. Um, and so I'm, I'm thinking it might make for uh, a – exciting championship game um but as favorites and like i said as the most complete team in the country at minus 161 i I like it Mm, i got the rk stamp of approval maybe i have to double dip now on that (laughs) (laughs) mace what do you got for us all right it's gonna be a little bit of a long-term one nba season getting underway uh the over under on win percentage for the denver nuggets is 60.5 and uh if you're kind of used to that in NBA terms, that basically says if it were an 82 game sk- season, you're putting the over under at 50 wins. So I'm taking the over on that. I, I if the Nuggets have issues that uh, that that stem from losing Jeremy Grant, I don't think they're going to be all that evident until you get to until you get to the playoffs. They, I think I think they're going to run up a pretty nice win total here. I looked at that. I thought the over-under on win percentage be a little close to about 64. Like the Celtics, for example, are at 63.5. 65, I'm taking the over. I have confidence in this team to get there. 
Yeah, I looked at those and then I said, this is far too much math. And I went right away from it. Um, <laughs> now I have to like, I have to remember how many games there are. I think it's 72 this season. Mm-hmm. Then I've got to like go into my cal- calculator and I'm like times 0. 0.6 and it's just too much, too much. Um, well, I'll be happy to tell you that if they're, if it's a 72 game schedule, if they end up playing the 72, that means if they hit 46 wins, they hit the over. Ah, now you made made it make sense to me. As mm-hmm. to why they did win percentage, not because it's a shorter season already, mm-hmm. but just in case games get canceled, then they don't have to cancel the bet. <laughs> Smart. Ve- they're, Those they're, people Vegas, know what they're doing over there. Vegas is not comprised of dummies. They don't like giving you <laughs> yeah. your money back once they have it. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Uh, I am sticking on the path of the Nuggets, but I am not going to make you wait uh, all year to get your prize. You can get this tonight. <laughs> Nuggets minus seven and a half taking on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I wanted to go in the player props category, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the Nuggets are an absolute buzzsaw right now. Like, I don't know if you guys watch them play in the preseason. Preseason is preseason. But if the let's just imagine the Broncos played in the preseason and they won uh, their last two games of the preseason, like 41 to seven over a team that everyone thought was going to be in the playoffs. Like, we'd be saying, well, it's just the preseason, but damn, that was impressive. That's how the Nuggets were. They were just they just mowed down the Portland Trailblazers, who apparently Charles Barkley last night picked to go to the NBA Finals and said he was going to put $100,000 on it. Um, Charles, I plead that you do something better with that money there, that I can maybe spend the entire rest of the podcast naming better ways to use $100,000 than putting them on the Portland Trailblazers, who the Nuggets beat by 40 twice in the preseason, or almost 40. So... I think they're ready to roll. Uh, I don't think they're going to ease their way into this. Nikola Jokic has a different look in his eye. I think he's going to come out firing this season. So uh, seven and a half against the Kings tonight at home. I think they win by 20 plus. Yeah, I I love that. I, I love both of those Nuggets bets, actually. All right, that is going to wrap it up for us on the live side of things. On the podcast portion, we'll give our predictions for this weekend, not only for the Broncos, uh, but for the AFC West. Uh, So jump over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you watched us on YouTube, hit us with a thumbs up. We always appreciate that. And uh, for now, that wraps it up on the live side of things. We'll talk with you again after the game. All right, thanks to everyone who's still rolling along with us on the podcast side of things. We appreciate you guys, just like we appreciate the good folks over at Breckenridge Brewery who just brew damn good beers year-round. I mean, that's just what that's what they do. Uh, and they just keep putting out bangers. And the most recent one, the Juice Drop IPA, uh, our social director at DNVR, uh, Michaela Perkins, her favorite style of beer is a hazy IPA. So we made sure she got hooked up with some juice drop. She came into the office yesterday and said it might be her favorite beer of all time. Uh, and that's just like, that's like the classic Breckenridge Brewery story, right? You have your favorite style of beer. Breckenridge Brewery makes the best version of it. So whether you like porters, whether you like amber ales, whether you like uh, Kolsch ales, uh, there's always uh, a Breckenridge brew for you, and it might end up being your favorite, just like it was for Michaela Perkins. And Ryan, I just can't get over it. You just look like Strawberry Sky today. <laughs> you look delicious. Am I making you like crave summer? And, 
and uh, <laughs> you know, just sitting on a porch, sipping on an ice cold straw sky. Yeah, I mean, you remind me of yesterday. Sixty degrees yesterday. Really wish we were getting that uh, that white Christmas, but it doesn't seem likely this year. So yeah, if we're not getting the white Christmas, I might as well have a strawberry sky outside. How about the wind last night? It, it, uh, it made my girlfriend's car alarm go off. We were thinking oh someone was trying God. to break in. Yeah, my grill moved on my porch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is wild. It was it terrible. Was, it was howling. I looked out my window, and there was just trash just, like, flying down the street. Like, oh it looked like there was, like, a trash drag race going on. Yeah, I had to stay inside. I was a little scared I'd get blown away. <laughs> you, you, I think you would have. <laughs> and speaking of getting blown away, if you want to get blown away by rugby coverage, the DNVR.com, DNVR Rugby Podcast, and DNVR Rugby on Twitter is the place for the best rugby coverage, not just for Colorado, but for American rugby coverage out there. Our reporter, Colton Strickler, does a great job keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with our DNVR Rugby podcast and also on Twitter at DNVR Rugby. And then, of course, at the DNVR.com where he does a great job breaking down the game for, for new people wanting to learn the game and also for people that know the game and want the most up-to-date news. Make sure to check us out at the DNVR.com. Follow Colton Strickler. Follow DNVR Rugby on Twitter. And also follow DNVR Rugby podcast anywhere you get podcasts. All right, let's move on to uh, our picks in the AFC West. Zach, take us through the league. Saturday, we've got the Dolphins going into Las Vegas. Who knows who their quarterback's going to be? Dolphins, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Guys, do the Raiders keep this game close and keep their season alive, or does this thing just keep falling off the rails? Well, you know, uh, I think about it from a script perspective and, and, you know, what normally happens at this time of year. Um, and what normally happens is the rest of the AFC West falls apart and the Broncos put it together uh, and it ends up being this hollow finish to the season. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I know what's going to happen. The Raiders are going to get obliterated in this game. Guys, if the Raiders or if the Broncos win the next two games and the Raiders lose this game against the Dolphins, they will finish second in the AFC West for a second straight oh. year. They will play likely the Colts and Dolphins next year instead of the Jets and Jags. Yep. So yeah, yeah. So it's not completely in their control to finish second place, but it's completely in their control to finish last place. Yeah. Because two defeats and they're gonna be in fourth. And uh yeah, that's that. That's kind of what you want here. I mean, you want the Jags and the Jets on your on your schedule, but in this game, uh, I can't on good conscience pick the Raiders. They've burned me too much. Miami's Miami's playing for a playoff spot right now. They're they're in basically playoff mode. They they can't afford a slip up based on uh, the fact that they can expect Baltimore to win their two games. So. I've got the Dolphins in this one. I think they'll win comfortably. Ryan, you also talk about a script. Well, the script has been written now two years in a row where the Raiders start off hot, look very legit, and then completely fall apart and combust and burn to the ground. That's what happened last year. It's what's happening this year as well. Give me the Dolphins and the two and a half. We're all feeling good about that. That was so close to being my lock of the week too, or my DK pick of the week too. All right, now let's go to Kansas City, where you have the Atlanta Falcons traveling into Kansas City. Chiefs, 10-and-a-half-point favorites. 
Hmm. Hmm. Is right. I, you know, the Chiefs have been quietly underperforming for weeks now. Yeah. Um, and the Falcons have been quietly garbage for several weeks now. It's actually <laughs> not even that quiet. Um, I think that they are not prepared for w- what they have to uh, do to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this is this one's a blowout, a get-right game for the Chiefs. Uh, give, uh, I, I, I won't actually bet this because I have a new rule that I won't take double-digit spreads in the NFL. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it on the show. It's a good rule after last week, that's for sure. Yeah, I would stay away from this one as well because I don't love it. But, Ryan, you're right. The Chiefs have not looked fantastic. Uh, and they're 13 and one. That's the scariest part, but still give me the chiefs in the 10 and a half. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the, the great teams find a way to win scenario with the chiefs. Right. Um, and especially when you come off a super bowl and you have all that confidence and you, you know, you've pulled off all the fourth quarter comebacks. They just believe it doesn't matter what is going on. They believe they're going to win and then they just do it, but it just hasn't been pretty for a while. But find a way to win doesn't necessarily mean fi- finding a way to cover 10 and a half. And that's why I, I look at the, at the Falcons. They lose by, to the Saints by five uh, three weeks ago. They lose to the Bucks by four, blowing that game in Atlanta last Sunday. It just seems like the Falcons will do enough to keep this game close, maybe even be leading into the third and fourth quarters, and the Chiefs make a run late, but that this game ends up somewhere – around 34-27, 35-27 in that range. And on an against-the-spread pick, that means I'm taking Atlanta. Yeah, Mace is telling you to take the first-half spread, that's for sure. And, yeah. guys, final AFC West game, Broncos going into Los Angeles, playing in that new stadium for the first time. Chargers right now three-and-a-half-point favorites. They got that hook on it. What do you like to happen in this game, fellas? Um, again, I'm going back to the script here. Um, I don't, I mean, the Broncos are just playing like Josh Allen light this week and Josh Allen killed them last week. So, you know, when I look at the game on paper, I don't feel great about it. Uh, but I compare the chargers, uh, and the way they like to finish seasons and, and, uh, just the team they are, um, they are the Kings of, of just blowing it late. Uh, and now they get to blow it late in the late season. Um, so somehow, some way, just kind of like the last time the Broncos played the Chargers, they do something weird and win the game. Uh, I'll say uh, the final score is um, 27-24 Broncos. I like it. I like it, Ryan. You're taking a big picture look at the script, taking a step back to seeing the Chargers in general, and I can't disagree with anything you said about that. But I'm going to take a, a, a close look at this script. And this script, as you said it, they're playing pretty much Josh Allen again this week. It is crazy how Justin Herbert has nearly the exact same numbers as Josh Allen, and he's played in one fewer game this year. Uh, and Justin Herbert, they've relied on him all season. They're going to do it again. And against this backup cornerback group, I think it's going to be rough, and I think it's going to be very rough for the Broncos to slow him down. So it's, it's all going to be on Drew Locke's shoulders, in my opinion, if he can keep up with it. And I just think the Chargers, you know, especially with Chris Harris Jr. back, uh, are just going to be a little better on defense than the Broncos are in terms of slowing that down. Uh, and also, Chargers have won two games. So that's looking at, at the close script again. Uh, and Chargers, I think, make it three straight games. 
I obviously don't want that to happen, but uh, I think the Chargers get this even up the season series, and it's going to be 31 to 24 Chargers. Yeah, it's it's the three and a half number that is that is most interesting here, and I'm I'm going to take the Broncos to beat the spread, but I'm also going to take them to lose by three, and you know I I, I I'm. I'm going to keep picking this until, until it happens again. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a backdoor cover here. I'm seeing uh, the Broncos down, you know, 30 to 20 late touchdown pass from June lock when the chargers are playing in prevent and then fail on the onside kick. And that ends up being the final margin 30, 27 chargers over Broncos, but the Broncos cover the spread. Man, I have to admit <laughs> if the Broncos lose in respectable fashion it's gonna be kind of a relief um, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. uh, ryan I, I i almost had my stocking stuffer be <laughs> you know the the candy that's in your stocking you never want to ask for candy but when you get it you're like all right yeah yeah i'll enjoy this later today mm-hmm. it's kind of like the losses you know you don't really really want to ask for the losses but when you get it you're like okay this is kind of sweet right now <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly exactly um I, and i understand any broncos fan who will tell me never want to lose to the chargers and raiders i get it like yeah. I, I i wouldn't expect you to want them to lose to the chargers or raiders either uh but every night when i lay my head down to sleep i think about the broncos going seven and nine and finishing second in the division it's just, it happens to me every single night um, and getting the 17th pick and getting the 17th pick yeah. and i'm just like like what did we suffer for at that point you know like like this season has been awful uh in terms of the toxicity of the fan base it's worse than any of the previous four in my opinion you know uh, i think the the super bowl luster has completely worn off and then of course the drew lock debate uh has been probably the most toxic thing i've ever seen in the broncos fan base so if we go through all that for the Broncos to get a second place schedule and the 17th overall pick, I'm just going to be sick over it. Because then it just, it just puts them in a position to do this, the exact same thing next year, go seven yeah. and nine. I don't know that this debate is more toxic than the Tebow one though, because well, the thing with the, the Tebow debate brought religion and social political views into it. Yep. And that, I, I don't adds think to the toxicity. <laughs> yes, it, it got so out of control there, and and I don't, I that is in its own ballpark. But the, but I would say, yeah, I I feel like the accumulation of defeats over the last four years is really adding up because, like in 2017, they lost eight in a row, but it was still kind of it was the first losing it was the first losing season in a few years and uh there was an easy scapegoat Vance Joseph was right there you could just simply blame him and and that was it and kind of move on this this feels like this is a profound malaise setting in gosh I forgot about that eight in a row holy cow Yeah, yeah this is a this is a tough tough place to be and it's not very fun and the the I just – I want us to get some fruits for our labor <laughs> yes. uh, of, of everyone, you know, collectively suffering through this season. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you want to get some fruits for your labor or maybe some beef for your labor, that's right. We got a new partner alert. Hassle Cattle Company. That's right. Hassle Cattle Company. Uh, is our new partner. 
you know, we've got beers on the docket. We've got, uh, we got ways to keep your teeth clean. We've got like a, a whole thing. I said you could, you could live a completely fulfilled life only going through DNVR partners. We've got video games. We've got everything. Until now, we had not had some good old protein. Uh, Hassle Cattle Company equals hassle-free meat in your life. That's right. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. It's a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas, and they ship all over the beautiful USA straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage. I had it the other night. It's incredible. New York Strip, I also had that the other night. That's incredible. Beef bacon, I also had that. As you can tell, I've been enjoying the package they sent me. That's incredible. Uh, they've got Wagyu beef franks and two different uh, beef jerky flavors. Guys, the other night what I did is I took the Hassle Cattle smoked Wagyu jalapeno cheddar sausage. Oh my gosh. I wrapped it <laughs> in the Wagyu beef bacon oh. and cooked it up and it was out of this world. Out of this world. I also took uh and I dipped it in uh, one of our subscribers members sent us uh something called muddy mustard, which is a delicious sauce. I dipped it in that, so shout out to him for that. Um this stuff is off the charts good. So what's really cool, I love when we have partners that can ship to almost all of our listeners. Um, obviously, you can't get it in, in the UK or Australia or any of those other places. But if you're in the USA, you can get in on the fun. And it's not like uh, the DNVR bar where you're like, man, I'm missing out on all the stuff that the rest of the DNVR family is getting in on. This one, you can get some hassle cattle beef sent straight to your door. And you can get it for 10% off when you use the code dnvr10 check them out uh, you will not be disappointed this is good stuff oh my gosh it is mm. 9 34 in the morning right now and i'm craving a fat piece of meat right now oh <laughs> that sounds good and guys speaking of the holiday season we got the ho ho hole in one challenge at aaron hills golf course on our wgt slate this weekend you don't want to miss it because it's our last one. So how do you get in on the ho-ho hole-in-one challenge at Aaron Hills Golf Course? Well, go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. It's a free app, and it's the world's most popular golf game. It's been my favorite game, golf game, and just game in general for the past decade. So go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. Once you're into WGT, go to the Country Club section and search for DNVR4. That's DNVR in the number four with it join our series of country clubs and that will get you access to our tournaments and this one this coming weekend go to aaron hills golf course and join participate in the tournament and then send us a screenshot when you're done uh, either at twitter on our pinned twitter thread at dnvr underscore sports or at info at ddnvr.com and that screenshot will enter you in for a prize you guys don't have to win. You don't have to be the best. You just have to participate in the ho-ho hole-in-one challenge this weekend to win. We'll select a winner on Monday. And, guys, it is – I love this game. And for, to be able to play this and then also have the chance to win a prize, it can't get any better than that. That is the Christmas spirit right there. So make sure to check out WGT Golf. All right, let's get into the questions from the listeners. We got to go speed round here, boys. We're going to get as many <coughs> – 
Whew, you okay? You're all right there, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, I was talking too fast. Um, yeah. Get as many as we can before we have to leave. So, uh, why don't you guys get started? <laughs> all right, let's go. DTL, who says, Hey, y'all, one question if Vaughn was there on Saturday, do you think the team would have shut down the way they did in the second half? Yeah, I mean, besides just maybe an extra pressure or two, I don't think the outcome would have been much different. I agree. I don't think Vaughn would have made a lick of difference in terms of and the effort. And I think the effort was fine until until the very end. And then uh, you can you can point to that last touchdown and see some business decisions being made. I understand why it's happening, but Broncos fans are really overvaluing Vaughn Miller um, just on a wide scale here. Um, yeah. Now that he's gone, it's easier to kind of have a little bit of a revisionist history about the way things have gone for Von Miller over the last couple of years. Um, so I get it. I mean, he's a legend, and I get why everyone loves him. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He'll be beloved to the end of time. But his value to this team um, at this point isn't that profound, in my opinion. It, it perfectly said, Ryan. It's not what everyone wants it to be. Yep. Exactly. Count Lockia. Count Lockula. Long term with a short quarterback. The emotional B side track to Elway's radio single. I'd like to begin by thanking John Elway. Has a deeper, more complex set of beats and lyrics than the A side. It's, of course, conveniently out of print and hard to find. But if you unearth a dusty 45 RPM in your local record shop, you just might garner a little piece of insight as to the current morass in which we find ourselves mired. Love the count. That's terrific. I don't really know what half of it means, but I love it, the Count. <laughs> it's poetry. And shout out to the yes. Count who has officially paid up on his pizza bet. Ah, wow. Ah. Look at that. You still had two nice. weeks, man. That's a that's an impressive hit there, RK. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Next uh, one from Locks Not Goaded. The quarterback draft class this year seems to be loaded. I see five to six potential first-round picks. If one of those quarterbacks happens to drop to our second-round pick, can you see the Broncos selecting one of them, assuming they didn't draft one with their first pick? I can see Trask, Jones, or maybe even Lance dropping to our pick if you need some options to choose from. Uh, One of these guys maybe falls, uh, but I doubt it. I think if you're going quarterback, you got to go first, and I don't think the Broncos are going to. Yeah, and I don't, and I, I don't think they're going in the first round, and I don't think they should pick a second round quarterback here. Um, the only one of those three I could see dropping would be Kyle Trask, and uh, if he drops into the second round, that means he didn't show enough uh, down at the Senior Bowl here in a few weeks without uh, Kyle Pitts there as a security as a security blanket. So I wouldn't want him there. You know, I, I don't want a second round pick. I, you know, I, and really, I'm, I'm lukewarm on a. Uh, on you know on someone's secondhand refuse i just want to get this thing right and i just want the guy i totally agree and you'd be replacing one second round quarterback with another second round quarterback it doesn't make too much sense i i started the beat uh uh banging the drum for zach wilson uh mace i believe it was monday on the podcast you know put it in stone he's qb2 and then yep. Zach Wilson went ahead and uh, might have put it in stone himself last night. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he looked quite literally unstoppable uh, in all phases of playing quarterback. Um, and it didn't help that UCF's defense was a sieve, but 
he looks so good. And that's going to be the last thing that's on tape. And that's going to be what NFL GMs are thinking about uh, when they think Zach Wilson is the most recent memory. Man, I, I really do think he's QB2 now. I do I too. Just him. just kiss him goodbye for the Broncos having a shot unless they're willing to, you know, really, really, really trade up. <laughs> well, and yeah, this that's... is why and this is why we need a playoff because if they'd had a sixteen team playoff, guys, that round one game would have been BYU Alabama sixteen versus one. That was the game we needed to see. And then, and then, you know, this college football says, no, our bowl system of meaningless exp- exhibitions, that's a better way than a playoff. That's not what they're saying. They say that makes us more money. Yeah. 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 It makes the bowl people more money. College football as a whole would make more money from a playoff. Yeah. But you know, uh, in politics and everything else, once someone's making a lot of money off something, it's really hard to take it away from them. (laughs) And this is why lobbyists have jobs. Exactly. Exactly. Um, The next one here from Salty Butler. Houston needs draft capital. So would you give this year's one, two, and three for Deshaun Watson? Are you yep. kidding me? Yep. Yes. 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 Yep. God, yes. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, Get seven. the whole draft. That would be the best trade the Broncos could do. Just uh, the entire draft. You know what? I, I, you can have our undrafted so. guys, too. Yeah, we'll pick them and then give them to you. Um, Texans fans would burn down the stadium. <laughs> If they accepted that deal. That would be a Bill O'Brien move. I think the Broncos were one year too late to make that trade. Texans fans wouldn't burn down the stadium because they wouldn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four. I don't care. Uh, you, you Line them up. You name your price. We'll send it. Blank check. Oh, that would be incredible. Next one coming in from asking for a friend. Will Chubb's Pro Bowl selection make him better? Wow. No. Yeah. Um, It will make him – I don't know. I think when I saw him break down like that, and what an awesome moment that was, um, him really opening up and and sharing his feelings, you know, live on a Zoom call with the media – uh, I thought it was really, really special. Um, but it also told me that there was doubt. And he even admitted um, last week that there were moments when he just didn't know if he was ever going to get back uh, and get back to the guy he was. And I think this goes a long way for his confidence. Um, it, it goes a long way for him knowing that, you know what, hard work does pay off. And uh, while the sack numbers haven't been there this year, the pressures have been off the charts. And I think that's why he's a pro bowler. Um, Patrick Smythe, you know, did a great job highlighting that on Twitter. And I wonder if he, uh, you know, uh, moved the needle a little bit for Bradley Chubb um, by pointing that out. Uh, well, the votes were already in, so I don't think, I, I don't think it moved the was, needle he, that much. He's been pointing it out all year. Yeah. Uh, you know, the pressure uh, rates for Bradley Chubb. So, I think it helps him confidence-wise, just in terms of his confidence in his knee, his confidence in his ability after that type of injury, and I think that's really important. Well, just think of it like something you're doing. Don't you want validation? If you've been working hard and uh, working countless hours tirelessly, it's important to have that validation, that affirmation that what you're doing is, is achieving the proper results and recognition. And if he'd had 13 sacks, that would have been something that was validation. It's not that that isn't there. This, I think, provides the same validation that a big sack number would have for him. 
Yeah, and also an, an extra $3.5 million in the Broncos pick up that fifth-year option. This completely solidifies that they will be picking up that option. Yep. Uh, Kentucky UDFA says, Zach Wilson, it's all I want for Christmas. <laughs> all he does is complete passes on schedule, off schedule. Can't wait for the Senior Bowl to see this young man against some more talent. Will he be eligible for the Senior Bowl? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, Mace, that Drew Locke game versus UK you keep referring to is one of the best defenses in the country that year. But I'm starting to come around in your line of thinking that he may just be a feast or famine type of quarterback. I wanted Denver to draft him because I saw the arm talent, but it's the simple parts of the games that seem to be escaping him. I hope he's our guy, but I'm starting to lean towards drafting Zach. Whatever it takes, because we aren't getting Lawrence, as always, go Broncos and go Wildcats. Yeah, and the thing is, yeah, that was a great Kentucky defense in 2018, but not one first down in the entire second half. I mean, that's, you know, it's a great defense, but it's not great and that great to where you, you can't get a first down. I mean, that's come on and, and yeah. that was the game that you know drew lock played better after that 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 was kind of the, the moment for him that turned around in his senior season but yeah you know one first down it was all I, that's all mizzou needed was one right right now would you guys draft zach wilson if he fell to wherever the broncos are picking i would yeah yeah uh, i don't think they would yeah i agree with that casper John well has... what, what you wait if he like so the broncos are picking 13th and if he fell there and the broncos didn't pick him i i Honestly, it would at that point it would be insane to either not take him or not trade him for a lot. Yeah, um, trade that pick. That's what I mean. Well, yeah, I think they would trade it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Casper checks in, fellas. If you had to start your own NFL franchise with one current player on the Broncos roster, who are you picking? For me, it's Garrett Bowles, a franchise left tackle that can be hard to find, and with Locke not showing he's the guy of yet. Bull seems to be the best pick. How say you? Holy cow. That is wild. I can't believe that, that <laughs> we've gotten here. Yeah, I can't um, either. The one big knock on Garrett Bowles for this is he's almost 30 years old. Um, and so you're starting a franchise now. His, his tire tread is less than the average 30-year-old. Um, but, you know, how far does that go? Can he play five more years, seven more years? I don't know. Uh, he's pretty unprecedented when it comes to this type of thing. So that's tough for me. Um, but when I think about what the answer is, it is not an easy one to answer. It's not. It's, it's crazy. I thought about this last night, and I think I landed on Bradley Chubb, uh, the, the guy we were talking about. He's young, uh, a, a talented, obviously very talented player, a top position also. Um, but it's, it's, I still don't feel – fantastic about it right so you're you know you look at positional value here that's where you have to start uh most valuable positions in the league quarterback tackle pass rusher right. uh, the broncos don't have their quarterback yet uh the tackle is aging and the pass rusher is the youngest one he is also coming off an injury though and that's what makes this difficult but he's proven that he's come back from that injury pretty strong I think you do end up coming down to Bradley Chubb here. Yeah, four years younger than Garrett Bowles, and and ACL injuries aren't the career ender or the career threatener that they were decades ago. Uh, to me, it's actually an easy pick. It's Chubb. Yeah, he's just not dominant yet. Right, uh, and, seven and, and a half sacks doesn't thrill you. Right, and that's what scares me a little bit about the pick. But 
you know, there's something scary about all the picks. It's, that's a scary thing about the Broncos as a whole. Yeah, it really is because, I mean, you, you can't make a case for Jerry Judy right now the way his rookie season has gone. No, and you'd like to make a case for Cortland Sutton, but you don't know how he's going to come back from that injury. And positional value tells you that wide receivers can be found. Exactly. Hip, hip, you ray. Yo, guys, first and foremost, love the live pods. I hope the comment section isn't too distracting while you guys are live. No, we'd love seeing those comments. Secondly, what do the contract situations look like for Chubb now that he has a Pro Bowl selection? Is it a 15-plus million dollar a year? Also, now that Justin finally got his Pro Bowl selection, does that mean his price tag is officially and re- is, is officially going to reset the market territory? Thanks for all you do. Go Broncos DNBR and let it snow. Uh, Chubb, definitely 15-plus mil a year. Uh, that's what you pay for pass rushers. Um, did Justin re- is Justin and reset the market territory? Yep, 15 million. Uh-huh. 15 yeah. a year. That's what, that's what I think he, he's going to expect from this, especially uh, uh, when all pro comes in and I expect he'd be at worst second team, but maybe a first teamer. What were the Broncos thinking? Why are they betting against <laughs> their own player? Yeah, seriously. And, uh, and Bradley Chubb isn't just 15 million a year. If he keeps playing this way and trending in the direction he is, he's going to be like 22 or 23 million by the time he gets his contract. You know, when I think about this, I worry whether or not Justin Simmons is going to be a Bronco because he isn't reset the market territory, but he hasn't played like a dominant safety this year. And it's the same conversation that you have every time you talk about Justin Simmons. He is very, 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 very good. He's not elite, I don't think. Um, and he is elite in every other category in terms of the way he is in the locker room, the way he is off the field, um, what he brings to your team in so many different ways. So he deserves the money. But the fact that they didn't pay him last year always told me they don't think he's that guy, and I don't think he's proved them wrong this year. Yeah, I mean, he tried to with the four interceptions, um, but – Boy, I, I do think it, it's it's. I, I see where you're coming from, Ryan. I really do because are the Broncos going to pay elite money to a very very good player? And I don't know. I just don't know. And, and I don't want that to be a knock on Justin Simmons. Like, I completely understand how good Justin Simmons is, but the Broncos were saying like Justin Simmons isn't isn't a guy that you you think he's going to change a game on a, on a week in week out basis. And and. While he's been very good, once again, you know, he played just as well uh, as you would expect him to. Um, it's just not – he's not quite there. It's going to be very interesting because, man, if they let him walk, John Elway's going to hear it. Oh, God. <laughs> Next one coming in from Garrett Bowles. I'm so furious. There was absolutely no way I was snubbed uh, while the Fisher loser made it. How do I get paid? And next I get snubbed. Ridiculous. Looking at Zach Wilson's game, he is surely something. The more and more I think about it, the most important thing about evaluating quarterback are the tools and intangibles. Wilson has both of those. But then I look back and I see that so does Drew Locke. Drafting a young quarterback not named Trevor Lawrence is not a better option than Locke for 2021. The rookie quarterbacks all need the right system and development with the 
which the Broncos just don't have time for. And Locke is already experienced and has the chance for improvement for next year. Though sticking with Locke could also be a mistake. Is it possible? Is it possible Elway is still unsure about Locke and does something he has never tried and falls in love with the quarterback to trade up for him after the recent trend of quarterbacks thriving in their rookie and second years as a big hit or miss move in his contract year as a GM? If he hits, he could possibly keep his job for 10 plus years, but if he misses, it's time to hang it up. Speaking of a big time move, I would do anything for Deshaun Watson to be on the Broncos and specifically Watson. I will never happen, and the only reason it this is a thought because the idea of good player on a bad team tells the media and fans that they should be traded, even if it's a franchise quarterback who never leave their teams. Okay. Kind of, there's some interesting things there. Just real quick there. When I watch Zach Wilson this year and then think about Trevor Lawrence, who do you think has better footwork Wilson or, 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 or Locke, pardon me. Who do you think has better footwork Locke or Wilson? Wilson. Um, I actually don't think it's – I think it's pretty close. Wilson, you know, does all of the same things that Locks likes, likes to do, which is throw off platform and all that. You just get away with it a lot more in, in college. Yeah, I, th- I think he's more consistent with it. And the thing is, he's, he's probably even with Drew Locke right now. So where is Wilson a couple years from now? That's, I think that's the thing. I th- and all of it is projecting where the quarterback is going to be in a year or two. The other, and the thing that I also – I think that Wilson is better at than Locke is scanning the field and, and you, and using the whole field. And I think, unfortunately, I think he's ahead of Drew Locke there right now. If you're taking both of them today. Right. Yeah. The unfortunate thing is, is, is uh, Garrett Bowles is right here though. You just never know. Uh, you can only project and you would have projected um, Drew Locke. You know, he does, he did a lot of the things that Zach Wilson did against tougher competition. Um, but you just never know. Uh, you never know how the guy's going to pan out, except for like a Trevor Lawrence. You can almost guarantee that a Trevor Lawrence is going to be a very good quarterback, but it's still almost. Right. Yeah, no, certainly not a guarantee. Orange and blue Aussie. Shh. Brilliant late third or fourth round running back. Oh, guys, help me with this name. I, I play with him in Madden all the time. Chuba. Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard, running back, Oklahoma State. Here's my offer to Von Miller to let him retire as a, as a Bronco. His cap it number is $22 million for 2021. Yes, you can save $18 million by letting him go, but nah. We need Chubb and Miller one more time at least. Extend him for another year. He's, he has $4.1 million left in guaranteed money, so up that to $10 million per season, so $20 million overall. With a lower, lower salary cap in 2021, give him a base salary of $6 million, $16 million lower than the cap. Then in 2022, pay him $14 million salary. The upside to Vaughn is more guaranteed money and more overall money, just not being the highest paid at position. Do you guys think that might be enough to get him to stay on the field uh, to be a lifetime Bronco? To be honest, I have no clue. I do not know how Von Miller is going to react to this. All I know is how he's reacted in the media, and it was extremely, extremely negative. Uh, so Von Miller might just say no, straight up. And yeah. I don't know where we're going from there. I think the guarantee's got to be higher than that because mm-hmm. he, he's going he, he's gonna to look back, even though he's coming off an injury, he's going to look back at the kind of contract that DeMarcus Ware got in 2014, and he's going to say, if I'm on the market, I probably get a 2021 version of that. So that this restructure, that's not it. Yeah. It's, it's not going to be as team friendly as people want if Vaughn takes a discount. Yep. Jason 17, my boys, happy Wednesday. First of all, I would love RK's decision on which beard style he wants for the rest of his life. It's magic Minshew Lawrence or Flacco neck beard. Okay. So you get one, 
either the clean-shaven Lawrence with the long hair, Joe Flacco's neck beard, Gardner Minshew's mustache, or Fitzmagic's huge beard? I mean, this is the easiest question ever. You take Fitzmagic all day and twice on Sundays. Oh, wow. Uh, I went, I went oh, Trevor Lawrence all day and twice on Sunday. You want to put that chin strap o- over that mane? Uh, you I don't want, play football. <laughs> yeah. You want, and trust me, you don't want that beard on a hot day. That's, oh, I've had a big beard on a hot day. I can handle yeah. it. And I don't, like oh. the color, I don't like the color of my beard when it gets long. Yeah. So if I could get uh, Fitzmagic's like nice blonde beard, I'm in. <laughs> That's what gets me. It's like he's, he's been playing in Florida, in Tampa, in Miami. How is that in any way comfortable for most of the year? He's, art, he's walking art. That's what he is. Oh, he goes on and says, anyway, today I asked the three of you for, set, for sage advice regarding my fantasy team. I'm in the championship of my $50 buy-in league, and my quarterback options are Hurts against Dallas, Allen against New England. Uh, who would you guys start? Happy championship Sunday, and Merry Christmas to all my DNVR family. You don't want my fantasy advice. <laughs> Man, I'd go Josh Allen. Well, the, the good news for them was getting Stephon Diggs back at practice uh, uh, today. And, of course, he, he was carred off the foot problem. There's a little bit of concern. Looks like Stephon Diggs is ready to go. They're going to get John Brown back probably this week as well, which only enhances things for Buffalo. So I'm, I'm taking Allen. I'll tell you this. When I am in a fantasy situation like this, um, I always come back to the same thing. And it doesn't mean you should do this, but I always say dance with the ones that brought you. You can right. sleep at night knowing that your early draft pick, which I assume was Josh Allen, won you the championship. Yeah. You aren't going to be able to sleep. If you sit Josh Allen and he puts up enough for you to win and Jalen Hurts has the, you know, defensive reaction game where he puts up, you know, uh, 12 points and you lose. I completely agree. So that's why I'd roll with the better player, Josh Allen. There you go. All right, real quick, low country Bronco. Guys, if we're talking about lock, maybe being as good as Jimmy G, count me out on lock. That's not going to get done. Mm. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not. And Montana Bronco chiming in says, happy Festivus. Right back at you, Montana Bronco. Yeah, Right back at you, Montana Bronco. And that is going to wrap it up for us. Uh, Wait, this- one quick from Brian because it goes to TLDR, and it's simple. Thank you thanking us for the content that we provided and, uh, and, and thanking us for what he says is another awesome year of DMVR content, helping him get through his commute. Ah, oh, thank you, Brian. Thank you for rolling with us. And thanks to everyone yeah. that rolls with us. Yeah, love you yep. guys. And we know, I know Brian has a long commute, so I'm glad that we can uh, help him get through that. Uh, and one last thing I got to remind you of is to head down to Green Mountain Dental Group when you need some work done on your teeth they're just outside of denver and lakewood and they're the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area uh schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll get a free sonicare toothbrush when you head on down to green mountain dental group so again thank you to everyone this will be our last dispatch before christmas uh so we hope everyone has a fantastic christmas spend some time with your family we're we're giving you you know a couple days off from listening to the pod so you can have extra time with the fam even though some of you might not want that it's the best thing anyway (laughs) Uh, so uh, we appreciate you all we love you all and uh, we'll talk to you after the holiday